Even if you combined the PPC and the conservative vote in the 2021 election, Aaron O'Toole still would not become prime minister. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And before we get to the meat of the program, I just want to acknowledge that today is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation for Canada's First Nations people. This is the first year that we are doing this. The day is to honor the children who were lost and who perished at residential schools in Canada, as well as their families and communities. I think this is a really important day. I know this issue gets really politicized, and I know the issue with the um, supposed unmarked graves that were recently discovered at uh, First Nations communities and near residential schools. That story was really torqued, and I was very critical of it. But that said, I still think that this kind of a day to uh, to understand our history, to understand the, the serious flaws of a program like the residential school program, the, the whole idea that a, a big centralized government should step in, take kids out out of their fa families, out of their homes, out of their communities, um, to try to sort of socially engineer them into some outcome uh, was a totally flawed program. And, and we should learn more about that. We should acknowledge it. So uh, I just want to acknowledge this day, say that I think it's, it's a good step forward. And I hope that we can um, continue as a country uh, to work towards raising uh, the quality of life for people who live in First Nations reserves, people who uh, have had a totally different um, and unfair opportunities in this country. So I want to acknowledge, I know you're supposed to wear orange. I, I didn't know that. Um, and I don't have much orange in my, in my outfit. So maybe next year I'll, I'll try to wear orange uh, for that reason. Moving on, uh, here on the Candace Malcolm Show, we have been doing a series of postmortems on the election, doing deep dives into the very flawed approach of Aaron O'Toole and the Conservatives to sort of tact left in the last election, run as centrist, run as moderates. Um, we've been quite critical of that and looking at the many reasons why that, that failed and why the Conservatives lost uh, to Justin Trudeau. Now, uh, this series wouldn't be complete if it weren't for a better understanding of the numbers, looking at the final outcome of the campaign. And to do that, uh, we're joined by Hamish Marshall. Hamish, as you know, was our in-house pollster during the uh, election. Hamish, uh, welcome back to the show. Good to see you again. Great to be here. So, so let's talk about the the final outcome. Let, let, let's talk about the difference first of all. Uh, what was the outcome? Because we had you on election night, but there were still some some um, outstanding votes that hadn't been counted. So, what, what were the final numbers? What was the difference between the twenty nineteen map and the twenty twenty one map? Well, very little. I mean, I, I'd have to go back and check, but I believe this is the uh, Canadian election with the smallest amount of changes from the previous uh, from the previous campaign. So, uh, the Liberals uh, picked up two seats. Uh, over 2019, getting ending up 159, uh, the Conservatives lost two seats. Um, the uh, Greens lost a seat. The uh, an Independent, obviously, uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould didn't run again, so Independents went down one, and both the Bloc and the NDP went up one seat. Um, I think you could say it's fairly, you know, there's been a lot of coverage of how it's been disappointing for everybody, and I think that's accurate. Everybody came out of this election expecting to have done significantly better. Uh, no one overperformed, with the possible exception of the PPC, but they didn't win any, win any seats either. Uh, so they've got lots to be disappointed about as well. Yeah, it did. It did feel like everyone was loser. I, I know that the Liberals technically won the election and they walked away, but obviously Justin Trudeau plan and devise this whole campaign so that he would get a majority government and he didn't get that so just by virtue of uh him not getting a majority it was like it was like he lost well hamish you came up with a really nifty uh guide for us during the election the 45 
writings to watch, and, and you sort of broke them down by the key seats that the liberals had to win, the key seats that the conservatives would have to win, and the ones that the NDP would have to win in order to, 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 to make the inroads that they needed. Uh, so maybe maybe that would be a good place to start to determine who you know who, who picked up what they needed to uh, to win. Well, as I said, nobody made a big breakthrough. So we look at the list of, of you know, that we had 20 ridings the Liberals need to, to, to win. They won Vancouver, Granville, Jody Wilson-Raybould wasn't running again. They didn't pick up any of the seats they had targeted in Quebec. They won St. John's East off the, New, off the NDP in Newfoundland and Labrador, as predicted, although that, that was actually closer than, than expected. Uh, you know, it's it, the NDP had lost a long time popular local MP. And they wasn't sure that, that his popularity would transfer to their new candidate. They actually did pretty well there. Um, the, the Liberals uh, successfully picked up Fredericton. That was the seat the Greens had won last time. The Green MP, uh, Jenica Atwin, had crossed to the Liberals. It ended up being a much, a very, very closer race. The, the Greens were far, far behind, and the Conservatives actually did quite well. Uh, but the Liberals still managed to hang on to it, uh, winning there. Um, they didn't make the gains in the West. Uh, they broadly expect her in British Columbia. They, there was much seats in British Columbia they had targeted, um, but they picked up Cloverdale, uh, Langley City uh, as, as sort of their one pickup in BC. Uh, in Alberta, they picked up um, uh, Calgary Skyview and um, uh, Edmonton Center. Um, but, and then in, in Ontario, they picked up Aurora Oak Ridges, uh, Richmond Hill, uh, which were all on the list. But they did a lot of other seats that they didn't uh, they didn't uh, win. You know, a seat like Charleswood, St. James, Assiniboia, uh, that was certainly on their list in, in the Winnipeg area, went down to a recount. The Conservatives were ahead by only 24 votes before the recount. After the recount, the Conservatives won by, by I think, about 400. Um, so it was certainly close. And the Liberals, you know, they picked up a few of their targets, but not very many, and, and left a lot of seats on the table. And what's interesting is that in a lot of areas, the biggest change was that incumbents did better. So if you look at the seats that the Liberals tried to pick up off the block, or even the ones they tried to pick up off the Conservatives, you know, a good example is West Nova uh, in Nova Scotia, where the Conservatives in 2019 won by about less than 3%. You know, the, Liberal, the Conservatives won by a much, much larger margin this time. We saw incumbents, the incumbents that survived generally won with much larger margins, especially non-Liberal incumbents. So, you know, the Liberals did, uh, they picked up a few of their seats, but they also lost some on the other side. So they ended up in a situation where they were still uh, plus two. So you had 12 uh, Tory targets, and these were 12 Liberal had held seats that you thought that the Conservatives would have to win uh, to make the gains. I know that one of them in here, uh, Peterborough Kwartha, the, the former uh, member of Parliament, Miriam Monsef, and, and the former cabinet minister, she lost. Uh, were there any other uh, seats in this list that that went to the Conservatives? Uh, I, I know they didn't do very well in the 905. They didn't. They they wouldn't have won seats like the the one at Richmond Hill or King Vaughan. But were there any other um, any any other upsets? No, no, the Conservatives did win King Vaughan. Um, oh, they did. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, you know they they in the 905 the Conservatives lost two seats: uh, Mark Unionville and Aurora Oak Ridges Richmond Hill. But they picked up the King Vaughan seats. So for for a net of minus one. Uh, on this list, they picked up uh, Miramichi Grand Lake um, by a, a, a decent margin, but not perhaps as much as they would have liked. Uh, they picked up Peterborough Kawartha, defeating uh, Cabinet Minister Mary Monsef, as you correctly pointed out. They also won Bonavista, uh, uh, no, sorry, they won a different seat in rural Newfoundland. Bonavista Buren um, Trinity was reasonably close, but they won a, another seat in central Newfoundland. Um, uh, Costa Bay's uh, central uh, Notre Dame. Um, so they won some seats like that. 
but you know, on the whole, they're net uh, down uh, minus two, mainly because of, of losses between um, uh, Alberta and BC. The Conservatives lost seven seats, so the seats that they did pick up in Atlantic Canada, the the uh, um, uh, four, sorry, yeah, uh, four, four seats they picked up in Atlantic Canada. Um, uh, were not enough to uh, to overcome those losses, which is why they ended up down minus two. So uh, one of the interesting takeaways is how the Conservatives just didn't really make the inroads that they were looking in suburban parts of the country, so mostly the 905, as well as Vancouver. They didn't pick up seats in Vancouver, they actually shed some. Um, so uh, what, what happened and, and, and why did that, uh, why did they lose those seats? Well, I mean, look, the Conservatives lost across the 905, they lost 50,000 votes. They, did, they didn't get the votes out that they did last time, uh, which certainly would have helped in a bunch of those seats. Um, but one of the things that, that unites a lot of the seats that they didn't win, either ones that they lost or the ones they'd hoped to have win didn't, is a significant Chinese population, Chinese-Canadian population. Um, so we saw the Conservatives losing uh, Richmond, uh, Steveston, Richmond East, um, uh, Markham Unionville uh, in Ontario, uh, and also uh, seats like uh, Aurora, uh, Oak Ridges, uh, Richmond Hill, which has a little bit of, uh, has, has some uh, Chinese Canadian population. Richmond Hill, which was a seat which was very close in the last election, was not as close this time. Um, so it was a big, big drop. You know, the Chinese Canadian population have been, uh, for the last decade, big supporters of the Conservative Party. Um, Conservatives done very, very well with that group of Canadians. Uh, and uh, we saw a significant, significant drop this time, which hurt the Conservatives both in the Lower Mainland and in uh, in the 905. One of the stories that came out, I know, I know that uh, Aaron O'Toole sort of took a firm on China stance and, and, and was talking a little bit about how uh, China uh, deals unfairly on the world stage, their human rights abuses, their trade abuses, um, and, he, and he was sort of presenting himself as a tough on China type guy, and Trudeau sort of uh, twisted that and accused him of stoking anti-Chinese uh, bigotry and hatred. Um, and then we saw a story about WeChat, um, the, the, the Chinese social networking um, texting app. Um, that basically, there was some kind, I, I, I don't know if it's verified or not, but there was some kind of a campaign run from Beijing um, to, to encourage Chinese Canadians not to vote for the Conservatives. So uh, can, can you tell us a little bit more about that? And, and do you think that that had an impact? Well, there was an entirely parallel, parallel just as, as, as campaigns have evolved on English-speaking social networks like Facebook, um, there's an entirely different parallel campaign being fought strongly and viciously and, and with great intensity on WeChat uh, in, uh, in Chinese. Um, and uh, there's a lot of accusations and, and it's, it's, it's really no, no holds barred politics uh, on that app. Um, you know, there's been allegations that the that, that a lot of the anti-conservative messages came from, um, you know, uh, uh, accounts uh, associated with with the Chinese government. I obviously am not an expert in these things. I don't know which accounts these things came from, uh, but it certainly seemed that there was a, a coordinated and concerted attack on on the conservatives on WeChat, which I think had a big big impact uh, in Chinese Canadian communities, and we saw that uh, in the results. It's interesting because when um, the Americans thought that there was Russian interference in their election in 2016, it led to like a huge, you know, overwhelming um, campaign movement, media campaign. Uh, it, it, you know, it's all we heard about for years after the 2016 U.S. campaign. Uh, here we have another adversarial government, probably perhaps worse uh, than the Russians. Uh, I'm talking about the Chinese in Beijing. 
potentially interfering with our election, potentially, uh, you know, really swaying these these few uh, key ridings, and, and we're we're not hearing much about it. That's that's disappointing. Um, I want to. I want. You know, I think that you know, I can say from from you know my experience in in the last election that uh, in the last election the Canadian Security Services had set up a group to brief the parties on attempts at foreign interference. There were representatives of the RCMP and CSIS uh, there. Um, you know, I, I certainly hope that the uh, the conservative campaign is bringing these concerns to that group uh, to see if they can get action. Uh, you know, obviously that's all uh, covered by you know official secrets rules and things now, and I I, I don't have insight on what's happened so far, but I really really hope that someone has um, initiated some of those things you're talking about. Yeah, same here. Uh, I, w- I want to move on, Hamish, and talk a little bit about the People's Party and the sort of vote splitting. I know we talked about this throughout the campaign, uh, that the, the People's Party w- wasn't just made up of the sort of libertarian wing of the Conservative Party who felt disillusioned and left, that, that Maxime Bernier's anti-lockdown message was really resonating across the political spectrum, especially with people who are already kind of open to voting for protest parties, uh, people who might be more on the left. Uh, I, I shared this uh, nifty little graph on on Twitter that basically even if you were to take all of the PPC's votes, I think they got about 840,000, if you were to take all of those, give them to conservatives, just assume that, the, that those would have been conservative voters. Otherwise, if, if, if Aaron O'Toole had tried to appeal to, to libertarians in his campaign, even if that were the case, uh, the popular vote for the conservatives would have gone up to 39%, uh, but they would have only gotten 142 seats, and the liberals the liberals would have lost, I think, something like 16 seats. So so the, the, the difference, um, the, the conservatives lost 23 seats, roughly because of the the votes went over to the PPC. Again, if you're assuming that they're all conservative voters, uh, 16 of those seats went to the Liberals. So even if that was reversed, uh, the the conservative vote would have gone up to 142. The Liberal vote would have stayed at 143, the seats uh, won. So so it wouldn't have made the difference. It would have been really close. It would have been really interesting. uh, But the PPC vote was not the determining factor um, in the election. Can you you offer some insight or help us uh, understand this a little further? Yeah, I mean, the liberal vote has become extraordinarily efficient. Um, uh, very, you know, they're, 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 and I imagine if we looked at those results, that some of the ones that the liberals went, went won by would have been winning by dozens or, or hundreds of votes. Um, you know, we, we'd see the liberals win a lot of seats by very little, and conservatives uh, win a lot of seats by an awful lot. Um, so we're in a situation where, uh, you know, that liberal vote has become very, very efficient, especially in Ontario. But it speaks to a conservative need to do to to really break through in the 905. We can't, you know, conservatives can't be hoping just to add an extra percent here or percent there. You know, if 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 conservatives want to win, you know, the 20 odd seats in the 905, uh, which is what what they need to do in order to win government. Uh, they should be able to, they need to be winning these seats cleanly uh, as, as Harper did in 2011, um, uh, as Doug Ford did in 2018, um, and as you know, Mike Harris did historically in, in the late 90s. Um, so the Conservatives need to win these seats by a lot. So there's, there's a lot more work to do in terms of figuring out what needs to do to get more votes out. But they have to start from the point that, that, that the number of votes uh, we got in the 905 in 2021 was, you know, conservatives lost 50,000 votes, and that's a bad, bad place to start. Wow, yeah, absolutely, especially given the strategy of the campaign there. 
Uh, a lot of people are now talking, Hamish, about the need for electoral reform, just given that the popular vote is so um, lopsided with the uh, seat count. And, you, you know, if, if you look at the, the, there's been a, a graph circulating on social media showing the um, the percentage of the popular vote that the prime minister has gotten. You said that the Trudeau liberals have gotten increasingly, um, you know, uh, concise in, in how they campaign. Uh, but that's not necessarily good for the country, given that they're not winning the majority or even the plurality um, of votes. Votes. What, I know this is sort of not not necessarily your area of expertise, but what do you what do you think of the idea of electoral reform and proportional representation here in Canada? Oh, look, I think that I think I traditionally have not been a big fan of, of electoral reform, um, but I'm a sort of a traditionalist conservative sort of fellow, so I don't I don't like big change. Um, but I think I think you could see Canada moving towards a system similar to what they have in Germany and New Zealand, which is a hybrid system where somewhere between a half and two thirds of the MPs are still elected in constituencies like we have right now. And then there's a, a group of, of MPs that are listed, elected from a list, uh, which uh, would make the overall result more proportional, maybe not strictly proportional, but more proportional. I, I think ending up in a system like that with something would, would be, uh, I don't think that's inconceivable in Canada. I just don't think it's in anyone's interest. You know, the liberals aren't interested in, in that kind of a change. Um, uh, the, conser the conservatives are, are doing well, would do well but out of it now, but never would have had a majority government. Um, so uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not holding my breath. I don't think it would happen. I'm not, I'm not sure it's a good idea, but I, I could be persuaded that it is. But I don't think it's going to happen in, uh, in in a very, very, very long time in this country. Well, especially because, I mean, Trudeau was once a proponent of it. He once campaigned on it and promised that the 2015 election would be the last election ever determined by the first-past-the-post system. Uh, but then he won a majority in that government and in, in, in that election and realized that, uh, hey, this voting system isn't all that bad if I can win a majority. So um, surprise, surprise, a politician doing something in their own self-interest. Uh, Hamish, thank you so much for joining us and for, for providing insight. Thank you for uh, joining us throughout the election campaign. You really helped add a lot of insight and color uh, to the election, helping us understand what was going on out there. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kenneth Malcolm, and this is The Kenneth Malcolm Show.